Hello and welcome to the Sam Knows Podcast. I'm Barry Collins. Diversity, equality and inclusion is something that a lot of companies are still paying lip service to. At Sam Knows, however, it's now a core part of the company's identity. From ensuring the company is recruiting from a diverse pool of candidates, to creating an inclusive work environment, to being prepared to constantly challenge the company's own policies and procedures, Sam Knows has embraced diversity. And it's a policy that's paid off handsomely, as the company's CEO, Alex Salter, will tell us later in his podcast. Alex and the company's people and culture consultant, Roxanne Botman, will explain how the company has flourished since it fully embraced diversity, and why it's not the huge challenge it's sometimes made out to be. I started by asking Alex what prompted the company to focus hard on improving diversity within the organisation. We've always been very responsible uh, as a company, and we and we also like to measure things. It's what we do as a company, so we so we uh, uh, also do that within the company. Mm-hmm. And I remember a meeting with um, a colleague, Ruben Hooper, who uh, who decided to do some analysis on our diversity across the across the company, and uh, and he called me into a meeting and he presented the data to me, and I was surprised. I was, I was surprised by how far off ideal we were. And, uh, and I remember Ruben looking at me and saying, we have to do something about this. And he's very earnest. He, he said, we have to do something about this. And it was from that meeting that we essentially determined to create a team that was diverse. And I, and I remember it very clearly because I went into the meeting thinking that everything was okay. Mm-hmm. And I walked out thinking, we have, we have so much to do here, so much work to do. And so what was the target from that meeting? Well, that's a, that's a great question. We we looked at how we could create targets for ourselves because obviously, if you're if you're measuring something, you then can create goals for yourself. And so, we, so we looked at um, statistics, population statistics, and uh, and we and we looked to try and mirror population statistics of London, and also we wanted to mirror the demographics of the customers we were working with. And Sam Knows is a, a global company, so we, we're working with people all over the world. So, so that actually gave us a very good target for us to hit in terms of what would be ideal diversity for Sam Knows. To help Alex hit those diversity targets, one of his key hires was Roxanne Botman. Yes, hi, Patty. I'm Roxanne Botman, People and Culture Consultant at Sam Knows. I've been working with Sam Knows since um, November 2021. And I look at the overall employee experience, um, people policies and practices, um, learning and development, and performance management. And I am passionate about ensuring that all the processes that we follow, whether it's my responsibility or just within the organization or other t- people, team members like the recruitment team, that we consider equity, diversity and inclusion in our decision making and the way we move forward. Um, I'm passionate about it because it, I should be as a people professional. It's important that I take responsibility um, for that area and making sure that we have an inclusive um, work culture, but also just as a queer black African woman from South Africa that is part of my background, an important part of my background and something I'm highly aware of and try to improve my awareness of constantly. So it's just also 
something that I'm personally invested in as well. So what does diversity mean to you? So diversity just means difference. That's all it means, actually, and it can take various forms. But for me, um, diversity means difference in an intersectional way. It means representation in an intersectional way. So having um, a wide range of people, a wide range of representation, in companies is important to me and thinking about people intersectionally recognizing that people carry many different identities um, as they move in the world and those different identities have an impact to the way the world responds to us. So um, for me it's about thinking about our differences and encouraging wide representation and recognizing that no two people are the same and not making assumptions about other people. Obviously, one of the key elements of creating a diverse workforce is ensuring you're recruiting a diverse range of people. I asked Alex to explain how recruitment had changed at Samlo's over the years. Well, that's a, a very good example of how deep you have to go into the company to change your processes. So, so often when people talk about diversity in hiring, they're talking about the interview or candidate screening. Um, we actually look at the candidate pipeline and unless we have uh, diversity in the candidate pipeline, we won't start interviewing. Uh, and that's become fundamental. And at the, at, when we first started doing this, we, we had to insist on this. Now it just happens. It's become muscle memory. But getting that diverse pool of candidates required some serious changes to the company's recruitment methods. One of the things that we identified very early on is that if we left our candidate pipeline down to recruiters, we, we just were not seeing diverse candidates. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's because the uh, recruiters were sending through the candidates they thought would most likely get the job, um, which was a certain profile of individual. So, mm -hmm. so one of the first decisions that we made was that we were going to bring all recruitment in-house. We, we were going to have our own recruitment team. We do have our own recruitment team. They're absolutely brilliant at their jobs. And, uh, and, and they know that this is a, 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 a key priority for the company. And as Roxanne Botman explains, it's not only changing the method of recruitment that's paid dividends, but refining the recruitment processes too. There's always a focus on capability rather than people's demographics and things like that. So um, focusing on the assessment process and refining that has been a big part of the recruitment team's focus. And um, also our job ads. There's been a focus on the job ads as well. Um, thinking about the kind of language that excludes people. Mm -hmm. So some language and job descriptions can discourage people from applying in the first place. And so there's been the recruitment team has focused on that aspect as well so that people feel comfortable to apply in the first place. And that's a tech industry thing, right? That white male candidates have, have traditionally had a long history of getting jobs in the tech industry. Yes, that is true. And 
but it's not that other people don't exist in the tech yeah. industry as well. And so it's about making sure that we are attractive to a wide range of people and that our um, job ads, our, where we're placing our ads, how, who we're approaching and who we're trying to get into our organization feels attracted and feels like this is a place that they want to work. So have you adapted the interview process at Sam Knows to improve inclusion? Yes, I, th- I would say that we have. So we have a two-stage um, interview process. The first one is focus on technical capabilities and the second is um, cultural contribution. So there was a big focus in moving away from finding cultural fit. So not looking for people to fit into an existing culture, but rather who are the people who are going to add and bring new fresh perspectives um, and still do their best in their work. So that's something we focused on. And again, before interviews happen as well, to have competence-based assessments as well so people have time to to respond to um, maybe a more challenging um, technical assessment. Um, and that we did so that people don't feel maybe the time pressure of an interview, um, let's say if you someone has like severe anxiety or something like that. So we've thought about different aspects of diversity in the interview process as well. And that's another tech industry thing, right? And I, I hate to stereotype, but the tech industry plays big on this. Are you going to fit into our culture rather than mm-hmm. how can we fit your culture into our organization? So it is, again, going against the grain of, of tech companies in some ways. Yes, we are trying to. And I think that is something when I started that was communicated to me that Sam Knows doesn't want to be a typical tech company. We want to be different. We want to lead the industry in different ways, not just in technical capability, but also as a place to work. That's something that Alex's CEO has made very clear and that helps us being able to move things forward in terms of equity, diversity and inclusion as well. Recruiting a diverse team is one thing, but keeping people happy within a company is another. I asked Roxanne how Sam Knows created a company culture that is inclusive. Well, in the first place, we do need to have different people. So it helps to bring different people in um, who are good at their jobs. And then it's about making sure that people have the space to be themselves. So um, an interesting thing that happened when I started working at Sam Knows, I started thinking about equity and diversity and inclusion in the company and had some conversations with a few people in this regard. And um, there was a sentiment that the organization wasn't necessarily problematic or they weren't not inclusive, but it was sort of neutral. So there was nothing um, saying that there's an issue, there's um, inclusion issues, but there's also nothing saying that we are proactively inclusive. And so that for me was a relief. Um, actually, as a people professional, because that meant that I could build, not spend all my time fixing problems, which is often the case for people in roles like myself, like trying to rectify serious issues. Um, and so starting by opening conversations and speaking specifically around different areas of diversity and inclusion, having awareness workshops and talks that that initiated conversations 
and gathering demographic data, which we did for the first time last year, and looking beyond um, nationality and gender, only looking at a wide range of, of aspects of who we are as human beings. And that was helpful in us not making assumptions again around um, who's in our organization and what's the level of representation in different areas as well. And so that was a big shift. And so that meant that we could move forward and think about what do we need to improve? How are we going to reposition our policies and make sure that we're not being exclusive and that our policies are inclusive and speak to the people who work here? Um, so that's been a big shift in trying to um, make our organization more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um and making sure that managers feel comfortable to have conversations or opening conversations around um, inclusivity or people, if they need, if there's specific things that people need to talk to, that people feel comfortable to speak to the managers about. And um, there's been quite a few examples of um, employees coming with their managers to me to have a conversation, and we have really positive outcomes um, because of that. So, so give us some more examples of how you've changed the company culture to improve inclusivity. Yes, as I said, we had some awareness interventions so that we have a foundation of understanding. We specifically, um, I specifically spent quite a lot of time reviewing our existing people policies, looking at the language, but also what aspects of policies are not inclusive and where we can improve things when we moved to our new offices last year as well, um, thinking about the design about of our office was important as well. So having things like um, genderless bathrooms, having a quiet room that can be used for um, prayers and um, expressing milk as well. And so looking at those things was also a really important factor and we continue to look at how we can improve. And then these other things that can sometimes be taken for granted, like things that might be considered small. So the, the aim of our events is to bring people together and connect people across the business. And so it won't help if we only have events after hours in the evenings when people with caring responsibilities or parents are unable to come or they're there but they stress out because mm-hmm. they need to leave soon. And so um, our operations manager, Vanessa, is very conscious about those kinds of things as well, which I'm so grateful for. So we have it during the day when, and on days when most people are able to attend as well. One of the reasons why companies shy away from improving diversity and inclusion is because it's perceived as fraught with difficulty. I asked Alex how hard he'd found it to adapt the company culture. I genuinely believe that the hardest thing was the original decision that we were, that we were going to commit ourselves to this. And then afterwards... It was about finding the right people who are going to be able to make this happen within the company. Mm-hmm. And we've been very fortunate because we've got a brilliant team working on this. But actually, if I were to look back and think of all of the challenges that we've faced in organ- as an organization, this has been one of the least challenging things. And the benefits far outweigh the effort that's been involved to create the diversity that we have in the company. Roxanne agrees that labelling diversity as hard is coming at it with the wrong mentality. I think that it, the focus should be on maintaining the diverse team. I think in the first place, how hard it is, is dependent on your perspective 
on how much you value value diversity and inclusion. If you have the perspective that it's a burden and another thing to think about and you just feel so much fatigue from uh, maybe from 2020 and the big push that happened following the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement with the focus of on EDI, then it will feel hard. It will feel really hard because it's a challenge and it's a never-ending thing that you continue improving. But if you understand the benefits and the importance and value of creating a diverse and inclusive um, work culture, then it's just another part of your work that you need to focus on. Um, It's not easy. You have to be Um, open to feedback and able to um, receive critique and that's the only way you'll really be able to improve Um, but I don't think it should be hard that's that's the hardest part is being able to continually learn and grow and not check out I think that's really an important thing and it's really helpful to have senior leadership who understand the importance and value of focusing on EDI, like uh, I work very closely, our entire, the entire people team works very closely with Alex and other senior leaders and directors. And it also helps that our employees are engaged and participate in conversations and call us out if we need to change things and so on. So uh, that's really helpful in maintaining an inclusive culture. And something that also helps is having a people team who um, are made up of people who focus on learning to improve EDI skills and looking at our processes. It's not to be assumed that all people professionals have this lens. And so I'm so grateful to be working with a team who does. And I think it's just focusing on why we're doing this. And so the kinds of benefits that we've experienced is reduction in employee turnover. We've actually been able to, after gathering demographic data last year and now doing it again this year, which will be published along with this podcast, we've been able to become a little bit more representative and something Key for me is also that the business has been able to engage with our clients better because we have people who have different backgrounds and wider perspective on the world and understand different cultures and able to engage more effectively with our global um, client base. And something I would like to note that I've also appreciated in terms of gathering the data is that there's an increase in trust. And the thing that indicates that to me is that there are fewer people selecting prefer not to say. Mm-hmm. So with all um, demographic data gathering, it's just not good to force people to disclose or share um, areas of their identity. And something significant that I'm really um, happy to see is that there are fewer people um, selecting prefer not to say in response to the questions. And so um, doing this on a continual basis also builds trust, but also having conversations in between and finding ways to improve things um, between the data gathering with our policies and ways of working helps. So it's not hard. I don't think it's hard. It's only hard depending on how you see the challenge. And finally, what are some of the challenges you've faced in supporting the business to improve its diversity? For me, on a, on a personal level, 
It is accepting that I am going to make mistakes. I would say that that can be hard sometimes um, when I receive feedback, but I am so grateful that people come and flag things. Um, so it gives me an opportunity to learn and improve things and share learnings with um, the people team or senior leadership. Um, so being okay that you are in a continual improvement process, that that's part of it. Um, that can be a challenge and it can be hard, but it just helps to focus on moving forward and learning from feedback and mistakes as well. Um, another thing for me is that I don't, or I sometimes take for granted that I'm thinking about um, EDI and how we improve things and something that seems quite simple, um, a simple change to me might need a little bit of time for people to wrap their minds around, think about the impact and effect of implementing this change. And so sometimes I have to admit I can be a little bit impatient, um, <laughs> but for the most part, we're able to move forward um, together um, positively. Moving together positively is definitely how Alex sees it too. I asked him to wrap up by explaining what benefits he'd seen across the company from this determined focus on diversity. Measuring impact of diversity is uh, difficult. So you can, you can actually measure diversity by running surveys and collecting data on your team, but measuring the impact is very difficult. Yeah. Um, but we see both subtle and significant impacts on the company. Uh, and I would say the subtle one is the culture, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, in terms of how the team interacts with each other. Communication is significantly better. Uh, organization is significantly better. Um, the team works incredibly well as a team and is very accepting and supportive. And, uh, and, and the company obviously sees the benefit of that. In terms of the significant or very tangible benefits from diversity, that, that's growth. And that's growth both in terms of revenue and also profitability. And, and, and we're achieving growth effortlessly. And it's because the team is working together with shared goals and shared values. And that is, I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that that is a consequence of having such a diverse team who are very different people, but working together on the same goal. That's it from this episode of the Sam Knows Podcast. Make sure to read the article that accompanies this podcast at samnows.com forward slash spotlight. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.